0: Living Wisely, Living Well, February 27th. State your opinions impersonally, but not too forcefully, lest you draw attention more to yourself than to your ideas. Where deep conviction is concerned, however, speak also with the vigor of commitment. So these are very, you know, it's a very interesting balance that he's talking about here. See the the first part speaking impersonally what that's about is you want people to consider objectively whether or not your ideas are correct if you don't if you speak impersonally the issue is is this a good idea or is this not a good idea tell me why this would work tell me why this wouldn't what am i missing you know what are you not seeing that i can provide those are all just objective questions while we figure it out if we speak personally, it becomes, if you reject my ideas, you're rejecting me. And that puts your listeners into a very tough spot, because they might really like you and want to keep the relationship, or they might need to keep the relationship because you might be the boss, or you might be the mother, or you might be the father, or you might you know, just be someone that they, they need to keep the relationship. Maybe they want to, maybe they have to. But if you make your relationship conditional on their accepting your ideas, then you can never have an intelligent, useful discussion about what is the best solution or the clearest principle or the reality of the situation. Because people are are, are precluded from actually saying what they mean. Sometimes the threat of losing the relationship, even the fear of that clouds their mind and they can't even think intelligently. And you yourself have now limited yourself to what you already know. Because you're blackmailing everybody with your emotions. I mean, this is an extremely common thing for people to do. Blackmailing people with their emotions is the way I would put it. People might not even know that they're doing it. But if it's all about me instead of all about my ideas... You can see it just gets the whole thing gets so muddied and so confused. Um, it's not easy though. It's not easy oneself always to be impersonal because maybe a lot is at stake and one is very anxious that the situation has to be resolved. So inherent in the suggestion that you're making is your anxiety that we've got to find a solution like that. Or you may have a, a, a prejudice to not really want to listen to someone, you don't like someone else and you want, to, you want to squelch them, or you're competitive and you need to be important, you know, just all of these things can make the situation so confusing. And I've been on all sides of it. I've been on the too personal causative side, and I've been on the receiving end where we can't really talk about the subject, we can only talk about the person. And none of it, none of it is helpful. So it's very important to, and, and it also has to do with just a general state of tension and anxiety or, or too strong a preference. I know um, I can annoy people myself from many different angles because I have a lot of energy and I, I tend to be strong. That's just the way I am. I have learned over many years to try to temper and direct that. But also I like to think things through very carefully. And sometimes people are impatient. They just don't feel the need to trace the idea down to its roots. And I'm inclined to think if I don't understand it in principle from the beginning, I don't know how to make a decision. Or I sometimes friends are very literal-minded and they can't get nuances unless it's exactly explained in a particular way. All of these things complicate conversation. So impersonal is also a very interesting word. Because impersonal, again, and I've touched this in other ways, impersonal doesn't mean that you're not important. It just means that you're not more important. So it's not as if you have to become non-existent. Oh, I know what the other part I was going to say actually meant to say this instead. Also, sometimes people are not, we we become personal because we have a fear of speaking up. We either have a fear of speaking to someone who's in the room, or we just, we're not, We have a fear of using our own voice for all kinds of very complicated reasons. Anytime we speak up and express an idea, it's all complicated with merely expressing ourselves. So another, you know, sort of pitfall that we have to watch for, again, is, you know, am I just trying to express myself or am I really trying to just talk about what the best idea is? what best solution is. All of these, you know. yesterday's entry was about um, honest introspection. So the more clearly we can see ourselves in context, the more likely we are able to be impersonal. So going back again to the definition of the word impersonal, it doesn't mean that, that you don't exist. It just means that you are not more important than many other factors in the story. In other words, it's honesty because honestly, we are all children of God and we are all important and someone who be- may bear more responsibility you know may have to play a stronger role than someone who can just float any old any old ideas they want because they don't have the responsibility for the practical application of it um, so that's a factor whose karma is it to take care of this um, but to say that I'm not important is is an untruth because we're all children of God and we all have a role to play. And you, you are not more important than the rest of the people in the room, but nor are you less so. So the way we regard ourselves is just honestly. Yogananda said very interestingly, humility is self-honesty, which is a very interesting statement. Because if you do have a really good idea and you do know what you're doing and you are well informed, there's no reason in pretending you're not. There's no point in saying, "Well, you know, somebody who just dropped in on this meeting has as much right to speak as I do. I've been in it for ten years, and I've made a serious study of this. That's a fact. But that doesn't make mean that everybody has to listen to you. It just means that the likelihood is that you have a perspective that should be shared. So Swami also says, you know, if you're deeply committed, don't be shy. If you feel it's an important issue and you impersonally can say that I I really, this is really important to me and I really have a position and I've really thought about it, don't be afraid to speak with commitment. But you can still be quite impersonal about it. It's the idea that you're committed to, not the idea that I Am the one who has it, and you all have to listen to me. My uh, one of my friends and I, we have we had a, a complicated karmic relationship, and every so often, the energy would get just a little strange between us. And we both wanted to make the energy better, and and um, we both had a good sense of humor. So fortunately, it worked. And just to add to it, we both had a an active sense of theater. So we developed this. Uh, rule in our conversation, because we also spoke, both of us, with vigor and commitment, we developed this rule that whenever the energy between us was beginning to, well, become personal, when it was no longer, we were no longer talking about the subject, but somehow our personal karma together had begun to cloud whatever it is we were trying to decide, we decided that we were skidding out of control And so one or the other of us could simply say the word skid, just that word, that's all. And both of us would immediately go into absolute silence. And we would stay in silence until we were both aware, you know, that the, the danger was past. We'd gone past the black ice, we were back on the road. And because both of us had a sense of theater it would often turn into this long pantomime of some sort, which would often in itself, you know, just develop ridiculous humorous overtones, because speech was not allowed, but communication was trying to happen, and we would act things out with charades, or body language, or just anything goofy, which of course in itself, you see, would take us off the black ice, because all of a sudden we were not dealing with emotions, and anger and old history or anything like that it actually worked it actually worked beautifully and the two of us actually learned to communicate because we gradually began to see when those skids were about to happen you know we could we could see the ice and slow the process before we got there so what i'm trying to say about this is to be impersonal is not to lack force and especially also to be impersonal is not to be uncommitted It just means to be committed in such a way that it is something other than myself that I'm committed to. You know, it's I who am committed, but I'm not just committed to winning, for example. I'm committing to having this happen. I had a very interesting experience a number of years ago when I was involved in a project, and the project involved quite a few other people, and we had to make a certain decision. And I'm an intuitive person, generally speaking, but I'm not by any means, you know, absolutely reliable as an intuitive. Um, I'm I'm influenced often by things that I'm not, I couldn't quite rationalize, but I sort of find my way. I don't want to exaggerate that. But you know, it's part of, if you meditate a lot, and if you're a disciple, you know, these things happen. It's just part of normal, it's normal, is what I'm trying to say. But then every so often in the course of my life, I've had what I feel to be as like a genuine superconscious insight and by no means is it an everyday occurrence, but when it does occur, I tend to recognize it, I've learned to recognize it. So in this very complicated project, which involved a whole lot of other people, we had to make a decision, and there were lots of arguments on both sides, but just somehow in the middle of it, I just knew what we should do. It just seemed obvious to me, this is what we should do. So I presented it, this is what we should do, I, you know, but I presented it uh, I presented me along with the idea, and I presented me, my only explanation on this is it was more than 35 years ago. I presented me, I, I presented the idea, but I did not present it impersonally. I also presented it as my intuition, but not as an intuitive idea that might be valid, but as my intuition. So the conversation got really, really jumbled, super jumbled. And when people began to resist my intuition, I began to fight back. But I didn't fight back about the idea, I fought back about being heard. You know, so, so all of a sudden we're not talking about anything except me. Which, to the credit of my friends, no one was interested in talking about. So everything disintegrated pretty badly and it, it was and then I just one day I realized that I just made a mess of this just a complete mess of the situation. So I, I did what I have learned to do, which is I ap- apologize. I mean, what else can you do when you make a hash of things you have to apologize? And it was a sort of an interesting apology because I had to say, I felt that the intuition I had was a true intuition. But whether or not it was true, the way I have acted ever since has completely, so completely um, betrayed whatever superconscious energy was given to me that I withdraw my suggestion and I I withdraw my participation in this discussion. I just need to drop out. So I did. And they talked it all over for another week or two and then decided to do exactly what I'd suggested. (laughs) No, I don't say that with any pride. It was just like it was the right idea. And if I had not gotten so personally embroiled, in being heard, then we probably could have gone through the whole thing much simpler. Because if I had let the idea speak for itself, with commitment, I I didn't have to present it shyly from the background, you know, on a piece of paper where the ink would uh, disintegrate after 30 seconds. I mean, I could say, look, for all these reasons, and I I had a certain authority, I had a certain experience, you know, those were all valid reasons just to say this is what should happen. But when I made it about me, then uh, all kinds of other things confuse the issue, you know. So um, it's a fine line. And sometimes we can't completely separate it. I remember once when I was talking to Swamiji about that, you know, he, he also encouraged me to speak up. When I had an insight, I needed to speak up. I said, well, sir, sometimes I'm emotional. He said, well, sometimes you just have to be emotional. So it's not like we can be silent until we get this right. We have to just do our best. When we hit black ice and start to skid, we have to do what we can to slow down the skid. And if that means apologizing or asking people to bear with you for a moment or taking a few deep breaths or going silent while you sort your mind out, whatever it might be. But if you're committed, you have to have the courage of of your thought and then we have to learn how to work together and to work with ourselves. It's a lifetime exercise of learning to live wisely and to live well. That's what we're doing here. So Swami says, state your opinions impersonally, but not too forcefully, lest you draw attention more to yourself than to your ideas. Where deep conviction is concerned, however, speak also with the vigor of commitment God bless you my friends Our work is made possible by inspired listeners so if you feel to support Asha you can make a one time donation or for unique members only content subscribe through Patreon blessings and thank you